Sean Lukasik, and you're listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. We'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Arbor Housing and Development, for all of their support to make this podcast possible. This is a project of the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce, and specifically the Nonprofit Roundtable, a program by the Chamber and for its nonprofit members. The music is recorded and provided by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes, and we thank them so much for providing that for us as well. In this episode, we get to talk with Elaine Spaker. She's the Executive Director at Tanglewood Nature Center in Elmira, and uh, as we release this episode, it is the middle of winter, and you might not think that Tanglewood is the best place to visit in the middle of winter, and uh, you might be wrong about that if you enjoy cross-country skiing or snowshoeing or just playing in the snow. Um, it's a great place to go year-round, uh, and you can also visit uh, indoors and check out some of the displays and exhibitions um, and learn more about uh, the outdoors right here in the Southern Finger Lakes. So without further ado, I turn it over to Elaine Spaker. My name is Elaine Spaker, and I'm the executive director of Tanglewood Nature Center and Museum in Elmira, New York. And Tanglewood has been a nonprofit in our area since 1973, so 48 years. And we are like our name suggests a nature center and a museum. So we have a small museum, we have a um, live animals, and we have nine miles of hiking trails and um, beautiful scenery, free place to enjoy and come up and get away from everything else. Yeah. And year round too, right? You get a lot of people up there like snowshoeing or cross country Mm -hmm. skiing and that kind of thing. Yes, we're open. The trails are open 365 days a year, dawn to dusk. And the museum is a year-round museum. We're only closed Sundays and Mondays and major holidays. So, Cool. And what does visitation look like um, in the summer uh, versus, say, during the school year or, um, you know, different times of the year? Yeah, so summer, you know, in the Nature Center world, this is our busy time. Um, So we're... We have a lot of visitors come in the summer and enjoy the trails and come through the museum. Um, But we are increasingly getting people on the, what we call the off season. We used to have a a slow time in the winter and we really don't anymore. So people are getting out and coming up and seeing us and using the trails, like you said, for snowshoeing or cross country skiing or just hiking and, you know, bird watching, nature photography all throughout the year. Yeah, that's great. And did that change at all during COVID and during 2020? It definitely did. Our parking lot became busy, full every day. Um, in even when I wasn't there, when we were working from home, I we have little video cameras for for you know safety. Every once in a while, I'd look and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, there's so many cars in the parking lot." So yeah, people people found us during. Um, during the pandemic, which was one actually positive thing that came out of it for us. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely a positive way to, um, you know, be part of the community that probably nobody really saw coming before the pandemic was actually a thing. No, exactly. I mean, 
who could have seen that coming, right? But we have always known at Tanglewood that nature is the best place to escape to when you have no place else to go. And, you know, when you feel like you're sad or lonely or stressed or, you know, you just need to get away. Um, That's the best place to go. And we've always known it. We've been trying to tell everybody, but people had to figure it out the hard way, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It took a pandemic. It took a Um, pandemic. Now, the mission there, your mission statement as a nonprofit organization is to lead and support education and preservation efforts in our region uh, to achieve a heightened awareness, understanding, enjoyment, and caring for the natural environment. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's a big mission statement. Um, mm-hmm. You're talking about education, you're talking about preservation, um, and it's really all about uh, the natural environment, of course. But um, the question I want to ask is, what does our community look like if Tanglewood Nature Center achieves that mission perfectly every single day, which we know is a pie in the sky kind of thing. But um, but if you're doing that perfectly well and you're doing it every single day, what does our community look like or how do we benefit from from that mission? So, yeah, I liked that question. And um, it is sort of like in an ideal world and then first it would mean I could retire, um, but <laughs> my job's not over yet. But if, if we were doing, you know, our mission every day and it was reflected in our community, our community would show that they value the planet that we live on. And this would be seen in things like our, our behaviors and our attitudes and our infrastructure. I think we would be unapologetically following science which would include, you know, we'd move much more rapidly toward sustainable living. Um, uh, alternate, alternative energy would be completely replacing fossil fuels. And we'd be treating our water and our soil like we treat anything else that we highly value and need for sustaining life. And we would also respect non-human organisms and, you know, live our lives more as an interwoven enlightened society rather than a sort of a self-serving individuals who are moving in parallel. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about. I do a lot of hiking myself, but I even less often um, actually like sleep in the woods and, uh, you know, have to get supplies from, from um, the outdoors. But it's amazing how quickly you start thinking about like, um, where nature's bathroom is. If you're in a camping spot, you don't want to go upstream. Right. And and it's like, it's those little things that you realize have a big impact on you, even in those little moments. And you start to see the world for what it is and, and taking care of the environment that serves us and, and feeds us. And so you're really giving people an opportunity to be in touch with that. I love that answer. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, that's definitely, you know, like you said, it's, it's when you spend even a little time in nature, you do sort of, I think we naturally go back to what our roots are and the fact that we are, you know, human, but we're animals just like other animals. And this is the things that, these are the things that we rely on for our basic needs, you know, air, clean air, clean water, soil that has nutrients in it so we can get our food and, you know, a healthy planet means healthy human beings, which I think we ultimately all want. Yeah. 
Do you think that really comes across in your education efforts? I know you work with a variety of different, um, different aged kids and adults and anybody who comes through the, the, um, the nature center, but do you think that that really, um, dawns on people when they're there for a visit? Hmm, that is a good question. I mean, I've thought about that and I think for, you know, maybe not for people who wouldn't normally think about it anyways. Um, but it's our job to, we, we think we start with the youngest of humans. And so it's, we want to be, to make, help make people who, when they come to Tanglewood, they're already, they already know what they need to know and they're just getting, you know, their fix or some more information or want to be around like people. So we've always sort of focused on the younger people so that we can hopefully instill in them something that lives with them for a lifetime rather than trying to change someone who's lived their entire life with a certain view on the earth. Although we'd love to change people's minds that, you know, don't necessarily, um, haven't necessarily reached that yet, but we can't all, we can't be at all. We're not big enough and, you know, powerful enough, but yeah. No, of course. We're doing our part. Yeah. And, and we know, you know, it's harder to change the minds of adults, as you said. Um, but, uh, keep working towards the mission. And, um, I mean, I think you're doing great things with, uh, with younger kids as well and kind of getting them into that mindset early is, is awesome. Um, I've recently been on this, uh, Brene Brown kick. So I'm listening to her podcast. Um, and she's doing a six part series with her sisters on the gifts of imperfection, which is a book she wrote like 10 years ago. Um, but one of the, those gifts of imperfection is that she talks about letting go of this idea of of what we're supposed to do at work, um, or in life in general, in order to kind of cultivate more meaningful work. Like we're supposed to reply to emails within, uh, an hour, but you know, real meaningful work takes longer than that. And it takes fewer distractions. So, um, getting rid of like those expectations in order to achieve more meaningful things is what she's talking about now. And in, in the latest episode that I listened to. So, um, I want to ask about that. Uh, it's kind of a big question, but, um, as an executive director of a nonprofit here in the Southern finger lakes, there's a lot that you're supposed to do. And there are, are a lot of expectations of you, um, but what do you find um, is your most meaningful work? And, and when do you find yourself sort of setting aside that, quote unquote, supposed to stuff um, in order to really focus on, uh, you know, making a difference in, in your position? Yes, that's another good question. I, I mean, I love Brene Brown and I'll have to I would love to listen to that podcast. I'm, I have like five different podcasts going at once. <laughs> yeah, here's another one. And this is this is another one that you'll have to get going. Yes, but that's okay. And I think it just, it, it's it kind of maybe smacks in the face of what you're, what you're saying, but just another thing to do. Right. Um, but I do agree that uh, the most meaningful things that I do as, you know, an executive director, but also as a human are the things that happen um, when I'm not necessarily trying to follow someone's rule book or expectations. Um, it's when I'm being authentic and when I'm following my heart, which 
I know is not very uh, CEO like necessarily, mm-hmm. but if I don't act that way and do those things, you know, authenticity and, and following my heart, I end up someplace I don't want to be. And then so does my organization. So in all my decisions, I first I try to check my motivations like, are they authentic? Are they helpful for the bigger world? And do they pass my gut check? Um, so if I'm making a decision, you know, especially the bigger decisions, and every day you have to sort of deal with the minutiae to get, you know, and sort of push that out of the way so you can get to the meat, the stuff that you feel like is really important and that is part of your heart. So um, but when I come to the big stuff, you know, it has to pass all those authenticity is it helpful in the bigger sense, not just for myself or for my little world, for the bigger world? And does it pass my gut check? Because um, I trust my gut, which has taken a long time to do that, but I, I'm mm-hmm. now that I do. And so I feel calm and confident when I'm working in a space that honors sort of that inner self and and the tools I've been given um, as a, you know, the person that I am and as a naturalist and an animal lover and a, and a relationship builder. If I being authentic to all those things, then I feel like I'm able to do my most meaningful work. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, as someone who has known you and seen your work for a, a long time, our community definitely benefits from your most authentic work and your instincts and the things that you um, just talked about. So, um, I'm totally on board for you doing your most authentic work as well, because uh, our community is better for it. Aw, thank you. Um, nice to hear. And, and when I say community, I mean, on this podcast, which now you're listening to five and now you're part of one also. <laughs> um, so there's lots of podcasts happening in your life. Uh, yeah. On this one, we're talking to a lot of different nonprofit organizations, um, executive directors, and um and we're trying to really uh, teach people about this region. And the Southern Finger Lakes is kind of unique um, in that, you know, the the nonprofits, whether they have uh, anything to do with one another's mission or not, whether they tie together or not, um, they work together and they learn from one another. And so um, I want to ask you know, in terms of the people in this region, who's been your most um, important or impactful mentor um, or colleague from this particular community, someone that you've really enjoyed working with? Because I think, um, as I said, I could probably list a, a, a ton of names myself, um, and I'm sure you can too. But I wonder, how would you ask, answer that question? Who's Who's been the person that really has made a difference in, in your career and helped out your nonprofit? Well, um, first, let me address the fact that you, you know, said that, that our area is sort of lucky and maybe a little different in that, yes, no matter if you work for a human services or an arts organization or an environmental organization, if you're in the nonprofit world in this area, we know each other, we do work together, we support each other. Um, and I think if you're here long enough, you might like take that for granted, but I try not to, um, because I, I'm really thankful for everybody that has helped me, you know, along my journey at Tanglewood and, you know, personally and professionally. And so I have been asked that question, who's my mentor, you know, who, or who, who do I 
in, in a colleague or whatever that I look up to. And I struggle with that mm. every time the answer to that. And I've never taken the time to figure out why I gave, gave it some thought after, you know, um, I knew that you might ask me that question. And I don't, I don't think it's because there have not been impactful people for me in the community. It's the opposite. There have been so many. So I don't have just one that I would say that sticks out. I feel like I'm, I've been, I'm changed and bettered by so many interactions and relationships. And so in my 18 and a half years at Tanglewood, um, my influences, influences and my helpers, um, have changed me and in hopefully in good ways. And, um, so I've had several board of director presidents and several fellow executive directors that I definitely could not have done gotten, you know, this far without, um, and, it's a reminder to me that we don't always have to, you know, to, to do big or to be big for other people in our lives. Um, if we're just kind and give of ourselves and are, are sort of unselfish when we're able, um, sometimes that's just enough to help others get through life a little easier, which, Oh, I have had so many people do that for me. And I tend to be the type of person that, I'm, I, my first reaction is to try to do things on my own instead of, you know, looking for help, asking for help, asking for help is the hard, the hardest thing. But luckily I've been surrounded by people that, you know, are kind enough or gracious enough or giving enough or some combination of that. If they see I need help, they are there and, you know, they gently offer it to me, <laughs> which is how, yeah. how I need it. And so I've got a lot of those people in my lives and there's a little core of executive directors in this area that, you know, we do really just, and we're all, we all couldn't be more different um, in our personalities, but mm-hmm. for example, and I hate even saying his name because if he ever <laughs> hears this, he'll be like, I knew it was me. <laughs> He's the executive director of the Art, Art Museum. Yeah. I knew you were going to say Rick. How did you know? Yes. Because he is just one of those guys that, you know, maybe you either love him or you hate him, whatever. But he's been, you know, one of my colleagues since I started at Tanglewood and through many different iterations of, you know, myself and multiple marriages and multiple, you know, people coming and going at Tanglewood and same with him, stuff going on and just like, he and I probably on a, you know, would never have met and been friends on, in any other situation just because we don't run in the same circles. I am not artsy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy art, um, but I don't know much about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, he is definitely not sciencey or outdoorsy. <laughs> he doesn't like bugs or walking. <laughs> um, but he's been there for me, you know, in, in joke. But when it comes right down to it, if I need something or if I'm struggling with something and the same goes for him, you know, we're there for each other. And I have lots of those little relationships around, around and about town. And I'm, I, I don't know, you know, I feel really lucky and, and to, to have that. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I think you and I are similar in having a hard time, like asking for help and just really like 
and I think we're both like pretty independent people. Um, Mm -hmm. I see that in you and I see your leadership qualities. And by the way, when you talk about, you know, a lot of people that um, have contributed to your career and your growth and that kind of thing. I think the inverse is true that a lot of people have learned from you and have been um, mentored by you in many ways. So um, I can see how that goes both ways. But uh, I think the reason I knew you were going to say Rick is because um, for people like us, sometimes it takes someone like Rick to be like, no, shut up. You need help. I'm going to help you, you know, and, and he is, I love Rick. I know you said some people love him and some, but I, I'm in camp uh, love Rick Pirazzolo um, okay. at the Honor Art Museum. And yes. uh, I think um, for the same reason as, as you just described, like, yeah, he's one of those people that just, you don't have to have a ton in common with him, but um, he sees, he's a noticer. He sees when, you know, people need help and he's willing to have those conversations, whether they're about things that he's super interested in or not. Um, and so, yeah, I love, I love that you mentioned Rick for sure. Oh, that's good. I mean, I mean, you're, you're welcome to edit that part because, you know, we don't want his head to get any bigger than it already. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he is, right. I think when I talk about authenticity, like that's like, he's authentic. And those are the kind of people that I tend to be drawn to, whether that we have a ton in common or not. If you're, if you're authentic, then you're good in my book because what else, you know, what else do we want from people? Right. Right. Well, um, we just have another minute. So I want to ask you, um, this isn't necessarily, you know, a podcast about plugging upcoming events and things, but um, how do people uh, find out about Tanglewood? Um, How do they make a donation? How can they connect with the organization if they're not aware of it already? Great. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. So Tanglewood has a website that's actually pretty uh, useful. So there's donation uh, button on there. And there's also, you know, information links to all things that are going on, which we have a fundraiser coming up and it's the first one we've had and it's in person, the first one we've had since the pandemic. So that'll be September 18th. Um, you can buy tickets for the event, but um, tang- www.tanglewoodnaturecenter.com. And we also have a Facebook page. We have a pretty hearty Facebook following. We have Instagram too, um, although we need some some help with that, but <laughs> a marketing person. So we'll put him on that. Um, yeah. So those are go to our website or go to our Facebook page and you can also call me up 607-732-6060. Ask for Elaine. I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. And uh, I, yeah, I hope people take advantage of that. Well, me thank too. you very much, Elaine. Um, I hope you have a great week and thanks, um, thanks for, uh, for being part of this podcast project. Thank you for listening to Secrets in Service, nonprofit stories from the Southern Finger Lakes. Once again, I want to thank Arbor Housing and Development for sponsoring this project uh, and for the Corning Area Chamber of Commerce and its nonprofit roundtable for making it possible and for all of the nonprofits who have contributed to making this entire project possible. You'll be hearing from so many of them as we continue to release episodes each month. Music has been provided by the Orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes, and you can download future episodes of this podcast at 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And you can absolutely check out our website if you want to learn more about this organization or any of the future organizations that we chat with. Check out secretsinservice.org. Thank you.